0: Hello everyone. I want to do this episode in a very unique way. I want to talk about the concept of Jesuitism. J E S U I S M. Um I decided I'm going to read all of it because it is very short. Jesuism is the teachings of Jesus in distinction to the teachings of mainstream Christianity. In particular, the term is often contrasted with Pauline Christianity and mainstream church dogma of Nicene Christianity. The etymology. The term Jesuism was coined by the late 1800s. It is derived from Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, plus "-ism", English suffix, a characteristic or system of beliefs, from French "-isme", Latin ismus, Greek "-ismos". History of Usage In 1878, freethinker and former shaker D.M. Bennett wrote that Jesuism as distinct from Paulism was the gospel taught by Peter, John, and James in the Messianic doctrine of a new Jewish sect, S-E-C-T. In 1894, American pathologist and and atheist Frank Sever Billings defined Jesuism as the Christianity of the Gospels in a philosophy which can be attributed directly to the teachings of Jesus the Nazarene. In 1909, the Seventh-day Adventist newspaper Signs of the Times released an issue titled, Modern Christianity, Not Jesuism, wherein the question is posed, Christianity of today is not the old original Christianity. It is not Jesuism, for it is not the religion which Jesus preached. Is it not time to make Christianity the religion which he personally preached and which he personally practiced? Harvard theologian Boak White in 1911 also defined Jesuism as the religion which Jesus preached. Lord Ernest Hamilton in 1912 wrote that Jesuism was simply to love one another and love God. The philosophy of Jesuism was described in the book The Naked Truth of Jesuism from Oriental Manuscripts. Penned by theologian Lyman Fairbanks George in 1914, as follows It is to restore Jesus' sayings to their original purity. Again, it is to restore Jesus' sayings to their original purity. It is to eradicate from the Gospels the interpretation of the Middle Ages. It is to relate the misconceptions revealed by recent archaeological research. It is to present Jesus from an economic viewpoint. It is to break through the spell spectral of cosmic credulity. It is to toll the nail of schism through Jesusism. Some people call it Jesuism, some people call it Jesusism. So let us look up certain words so nobody is confused. Obviously, I'm not going to say that. Uh, I'll just say eradicate means to get rid of, to move out. Um. Craziology means a tendency to be too ready to believe that something is real or true. Um, Schism means a split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by differences in opinion or belief. The word cosmic means relating to the universe or cosmos, especially as distinct from the earth. And the word nail means the sound of a bell, especially when rung solemnly for a death or funeral. Interpolations means the insertion of something of a different nature into something else, or a remark interjected in a conversation. The Orthodox theologian Sergei Bulgakov further noted in 1935 that, and this is Sergei's words, this is what Sergei said, the concentration of piety on the Christ alone has become a deviation already known by a special term as Jesusism. Influential Catholic theologian Karl Rainer referred to Jesusism as a focus on the life of Jesus in attempts to imitate his life as opposed to a focus on God or the Christian church. University of Melbourne professor Lindsay Falvey noted in 2009, That the gospel story so differs from church doctrine that it could well be of a different religion, Jesusism. Jesusism became the subject of increased academic discussion following its reference by Duke University neurobiologist and philosopher Owen Flanagan in his 2007 book, The Really Hard Problem, Meaning in a Material World. Flanagan defines Jesusism as the message of Jesus and knows that he calls it Jesusism because most Christian churches do not endorse Jesus' message truthfully. Flanagan characterized Jesusism as a naturalistic and rationalist philosophy, rejecting the conflict between faith and science. Rodney Stenning Edgecombe, a professor at the University of Cape Town, in a 2009 essay titled Commutation Across the Social Divide, remarks how Christianity shifted away from Jesusism, the moral tenets Jesus preached. The terms Jesuism, Jesusism, and Jesuanism are also referenced popularly on religious blogs and internet groups. Beliefs, practice, and Adherence There is no definitive meaning of Jesus Jesuism, and hence no clear ideology. Various groups use the terms Jesuism, Jesusism, and Jesuanism. These include disenchanted Christians who are critical of institutional religion or pauline christianity people who identify themselves as disciples of jesus rather than christians and christian atheists who accept some of jesus's teachings but do not believe in god adherents may be termed jesuits Jesuses, or jesuans okay so i'm gonna read one more thing and then for the rest of the time you're going to hear my thoughts. So there's Christian humanism. It's really simple. Christian humanism regards humanist principles like universal human dignity, individual freedom, and the importance of happiness as essential in principle or even exclusive components of the teachings of Jesus. So what are my thoughts on these things? I'm explaining to you other aspects of myself that I've identified with for years. I've always felt that Mosaic Christianity is much more practice than the Christianity of Jesus all over the world and not just in America. I've always felt that Pauline Christianity is much more practiced in the Christianity of Jesus all over the world and not just in America. Sadly, in church, abortion is much more communicated than rape is. And a lot of people in church will defend rapist custody rights. The parental rights of rapists. Rapists impregnating their victims and the mothers having to give birth. And saying things like, well, focus on the beauty that God created out of that and don't focus on the predator perpetrators. Their cruelty is exactly why I do not feel physically safe nor spiritually safe with pro-life people, but I do feel physically safe and spiritually safe with pro-choice people. Because in church, they lie about believing in biblical sexual purity. I'll give you examples. Abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism, fornication, cohabitation, premarital kissing, and masturbation, even erotica and curiosa, are more condemned by church people than rape, sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual bullying sexual violence, sexual predation, sexual grooming, child sexual abuse, adult sexual abuse. They they foolishly equate transgenderism and homosexuality with pedophilia and child sex rings. They're louder on homosexuality and transgenderism than pedophilia and child sex rings. But the church's own sex cult, you have congregations sleeping with each other, you have pulpits sleeping with each other, you have choir laws sleeping with each other, and you have choir laws, congregations and pulpits all having sex with each other and having out of wedlock babies with each other and parenting out of wedlock kids with each other. They are louder on out of wedlock babies than they are about sex crimes. They're louder about teen pregnancy than registered and unregistered sex offenders. I know in my heart that the church rejects biblical sexual purity. I do say the church is the most sexually impure place in the entire world. You have church members, whether they're in the pulpit, call our law or congregation, being caught with sex workers, and having babies all over the world, even though they're married. They won't condemn rape or incest. Isn't that something? They're louder on abortion than they are on incest. Loud on abortion than they are on rape. So they won't condemn rape nor incest, but they'll condemn abortion. You have children being forced to sell drugs. You have child prostitution. You have child trafficking. You have human trafficking. Sex trafficking. But they are silent on those issues. But they have a lot to be loud about when it comes to reproductive rights, when it comes to family planning, when it comes to surgeries, when it comes to medications. Pills, birth control, and contraceptives. There's nothing pro life about them. They are anti family, anti choice people. You have children in cages, but they give you their crickets. That's what we hear. That's the silences that deafening. You have broken homes and dysfunctional families where adult abuse and child abuse reign supreme. Crickets from them, you hear, we hear. Addictions destroying homes where kids live in. Crickets, you hear nothing. I hear nothing. We hear nothing from them. Domestic violence, intimate partner violence, dating abuse and dating violence, cyber abuse and cyber violence, cyber bullying, and just bullying in general are destroying schools, and businesses, and homes, The crickets we hear from them. You have the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement, the Church Too movement, having to be started because of sexual predators and society, And in church society, crickets, you hear from them. We hear from them. And I came to the conclusion that sadly in church, milk Christians outnumber meat Christians. In other words, spiritually immature Christians outnumber spiritually mature Christians. Today's Christians want to be babied, given pacifiers. And they want you to diaper wipe them. Wipe them then put the diaper on. They want to be enabled and coddled and cradled. Sadly, in the church, they would rather be entertained than edutained. Edutainment is when you use entertainment to educate people. Sadly in church, they would rather be entertained than to experience spiritually Christ like growth in God. Sadly in church Every time the prosperity gospel is preached they show their addiction excitement. Excitement addiction. But when you tell them To be rejected for Christ, for doing right, bump on a log, couch potato appearance that we see from them. In church, material blessings are more important than spiritual blessings, unfortunately. The church has been turned into a crack house. It's more important to get your church fixed and church hit than it is to build relationships with other members of the body of Christ so that everyone is growing in the Lord together. They treat church like a McDonald's drive-thru. Get your greasy bag. And high cholesterol drinks. Called blessings. Called emotional. Addicted to drugs type of high. And they drive off. They leave. Before the benediction has been concluded. They make at all things church and all things God and all things Christianity all about them. They are very egomaniac, narcissistic, sociopathic, psychopathic, psychopathic devils. Their Christian narcissism is reigning supreme. It's reigning terror too. In church, they'll ask for your 10% of your tithes and offerings. But they won't assist you in house purchases and home ownership. They'll tell you to get multiple streams of income, but they won't help you to be a servant leader when it comes to entrepreneurship. Cooperative economics is not a thing in that world where, okay, we're social entrepreneurs. Social entrepreneurship means resolving the world's ills through business and a servant leader is, I lead by serving people. So what does servant leadership and social entrepreneurship mean? It means that I use empathy and finances and I merge them together so the least of these can be blessed. In church, they don't make it their business to know the least of these. They don't make it their business to bring justice that benefits and uplifts the least of these. In church, they reject being fully human to and with the least of these. So, getting back to... Jesusism and Christian humanism. (laughs) I've I've always felt that Christianity was a mockery of Jesus' actual teachings. Because I think that Christianity is, is an incorrect religion when it comes to the heart of Jesus. Because... Jesus' teachings, the original ones that I was able to research, it was not about dogma or doctrine or beliefs or legalism or lawlessness or about Judaism and and the Jewish race running and controlling everything. It was all about the golden rule, the silver rule, the iron rule. What you wish upon others you wish upon yourself. It was about human rights, social justice, equality, equity, Fairness, impartiality, bipartisanship, nonpartisanship. Being a servant leader, being a social entrepreneur, cooperative economics, it was about advocacy, activism. Mercy, justice, all around justice, grace. It was about teaching the sensitivity to consequences and not wishing retribution on yourself through foolish actions. It was about... redefining godliness not making it condemnatory for people who are not into the religious definitions of God but it was about including non-faith based people into the redefinition of godliness, meaning having a neighborly loving type of heart. Jesus' teachings are about being heart-centered, love-centered, soul-centered, person-centered. Respecting non-human centered too. I don't think Jesus' teachings were about there's only one chosen people and everybody else. Experiences weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth, worms crawling all over you, fiery flames burning you hot forever. If you're not quote unquote Christian, Jesus' teachings have nothing to do with those otherism-centered concentrations. So, this is how I was feeling for years. I always privately identified myself as a Jesus because I felt like Christianity did not do Jesus and people like me who are at least of these justice. Um, as for Christian humanism, for years I identified myself as a Christian humanist because I felt like, well, my grandma helped me not to let go of Jesus. I had to let go of the religious Jesus. There's a difference between the religious Jesus. The one who is. A tribalistic type of Republican. Versus. The human Jesus who. Who made. The secularists of his day very at ease with him. The people that the religious leaders called sinners—that's the equivalent of calling somebody heathen today. The people that were called—that would be called pagans today—would they would be called the secularists of their day. All those type of people were experienced him positively. And I know in my heart, if Jesus were around today, atheists would be comfortable with him. Agnostics would be comfortable with him. Secularists, free thinkers, humanists, nonconformists, mavericks, Unconventional, non-traditional persons. People who reject archaic and ancient thinking. People who are not old-fashioned. People who are not old-schooled. People who don't abide by the Victorian era morality. uh, People of all the other religions that are not of Christianity. uh, Skeptics. uh, Agnostic atheists. Uh. Even agnostic theists and uh, deists. Everyone that's not considered what church society considers a real Christian, all these type of people feel comfortable with him because he would not say or do things that would unnecessarily alienate I do think that secular Jesus is the correct one because a secular Jesus is a universal Jesus, a oneness Jesus. The religious Jesus is the type that would be greedy and exploitive while secular Jesus is more about making all of what he says and does something that all the non-Christians can easily embrace. I think that someone like Jesus would have science in favor of him instead of disfavoring him. Religious Jesus is against science. Religious Jesus is into betterism superiority already complex is what that means, but the actual one is not that. These are thoughts I've had about Jesus, even when I was a caught when I did call myself a Christian, and when I did attend church every Sunday. I have, when I was in church, I noticed that they were big on abstinence for the young people but in church adult abstinence is not common very uncommon and I dare say that life skills are not taught in church as they should especially ones relating to people skills uh conflict resolution um And healthy boundaries. But they want to talk, preach things that get you happy, preach you happy. But nothing that they preach is prophetic. It's, um, amazing to me how um, how with atheists and agnostics I've always I never question my safety my sanity but with theists I always did. Atheists and agnostics were into letting me be my true self, while theists had a problem with my being my true self. So, I want to be honest about how I think. Okay, I'm a free thinker. I'm into free thought sometimes, you know. It means that. I am of the epistemological viewpoint, which holds that belief should not be formed on the basis of authority, tradition, revelation, or dogma, and that belief should instead be reached by other methods such as logic, reason, and empirical observation. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, a freethinker is a person who forms their own ideas and opinions rather than accepting those of other people. Especially in religious teaching. As a modern free thinker, I consider free thought to be a natural freedom from all negative and elusive thoughts acquired from society. The cognitive application of free thought is known as quote unquote free thinking, and practitioners of free thought are known as free thinkers. In some contemporary thought in particular, free thought is strongly tied with rejection of traditional social or religious belief systems. The term first came into use in the 17th century in order to refer to people who inquired into the basis of Traditional beliefs, which are often accepted unquestioningly, today free thinking is most is most closely linked with deism, secularism, and atheism, agnosticism, humanism, anti-clericalism, and religious critique, criticism of religion. The Oxford English Dictionary defines free thinking as the free exercise of reason in matters of religious belief, unrestrained by debt. By deference to authority, the adoption of the principles of a free thinker. Free thinkers hold that knowledge should be grounded in facts, scientific inquiry, and logic. The skeptical application of science implies freedom from the intellectually limiting effects of confirmation bias, cognitive bias, conventional wisdom, popular culture, urban myth, prejudice, sectarianism. So I I I am against organized religion for myself. If other people want to practice it, they can go right ahead. It's just not for me. I'm against religious practices for myself. If other people want to do that, they can go right ahead. It's just not for me. I am against religious institutions for myself. If they want to be a part of those worlds, they can go right ahead. It's just not for me. And... I am anti-clericalism for myself. If they want to have religious authority, typically in social political matters, they can go ahead. It's just not for me. And I am for a religious critique for myself. If other people want to speak differently, they can go right ahead. It's just not for me. Overall, I think that this is how I honestly feel. When I say religion, I'm talking about dogmatic, indoctrinating type religion. That one, okay? So, in my view, religion is outdated, harmful to individuals, harmful to society, impediments to the progress of science, And humanity, sources of immoral acts and customs, and a political tool for social control. And I do think that... Karl Marx is right. Religious suffering is, at the same time, the expression of real suffering and a protest against real suffering. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It, it is the opium of the people. Religion is the opium of the people. Another way of saying it is religion is the opiate of the people. And I do think that believers are making religion a mental illness because of their persecutory attitudes of people who are not of their religion. I do believe that that a lot of believers are turning religion into a viral virus because of their elitism. I also. I like to admit this. I think conservative theology is outdated, harmful to individuals, harmful to society an impediment to the progress of science and humanity, a source of immoral acts and customs, and a political tool for social control. I want to close with this Voltaire. I want to end my reading. I should say, this Voltaire quote. Those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Here's my way of saying it. Conservative theologians who can make you believe the absurdities of conservative theology can make you commit atrocities. um, Dogmatic and doctrinating religionists who can make you believe the absurdities of dogmatic and doctrinating religion can make you commit atrocities. I am of enlightenment. I I am into insightfulness and intuition and instincts I have this understanding of mysticism for myself. I want I desire to become one with the abs- with the divine. The goodness within me and within others. That's what mysticism is for me. Absolute certainty does not exist from the religious perspectives, and absolute truth does not exist in religious perspectives because science has not authorized the reality of those things through confirmation, verification, evidence, and proof. Sadly, in church, hypocritical judgment is more important than righteous judgment. church is more important to be religious than Christ's life. So I'm just so grateful that I let religion go forever. I let the religious Jesus go forever. I let dogmas, doctrines, indoctrinations, conservative theology go forever. I let go of evangelicalism and fundamentalism go I let go of Biblical Literalism forever. I will never practice any religion ever again, permanently. I will never again practice any denomination forever, permanently. Now I think I've officially explained all my reasons for leaving. Religion, all religions, all denominations, all houses of worship. I let them all go forever. And they will never experience re-entry into my life ever again. I am a humanist. I am a secular humanist.